Hi, everybody. Dion Major here, CEO of Inside Sales by Design, as well as salesclass.ai. And thank you for joining our podcast, Universal Sales Truths. We started this podcast to share stories and journeys of universal sales truths, meaning what was true to forge a relationship with clients in the past. Uh, it was true in the past and will be true today and will be true tomorrow. And so it's we're bringing guests to you uh, and speakers that have amazing backgrounds and experience to share pieces and parts of their journey and their stories. And we know that you will be inspired and you will learn something and hopefully get some folks to connect with as well and and. Um, broaden your circle and your network because that's what this life and world is all about are the human connections we make at the end of the day. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Universal Sales Truth Podcast. And we hope to hear from you soon. And I know that you're going to leave inspired. everybody. Dion Major here with Universal Sales Truths, as well as the founder and CEO of Inside Sales by Design. I hope everybody's doing amazing. And we are delighted, beyond delighted to have Amy Franco with us today. Amy, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. I'm, I'm beyond delighted to be here. I'm excited for this conversation. Absolutely. And for those of you that don't know Amy, I highly recommend maybe hit pause, don't multitask. We all know that doesn't work at this point unless you've been living under a rock. Right. Um, so go ahead and take a look at Amy's LinkedIn profile. Just a wealth of knowledge that we're all really going to benefit from today. So Amy, give us a little bit Tell us a little bit about you and your story and your journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Before I dive in, I just have to make a comment on the multitasking thing. I think that's universal sales truth number one, perhaps. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. Sure. I agree. <laughs> we think we're being productive when we end up at the end of the day with 85 projects started and none finished. Right, right, for sure. So yeah. uh, so I just I just had to make that comment before I <laughs> got in. Got into it. Bit about me. So, so yeah, kind of the, the 20,000 foot view about me just personally. Uh, I, uh, I grew up in the Cleveland, Ohio area and uh, still have family that live here. I have been uh, in Ohio for my entire personal and professional life. I now live in Columbus and I've called Columbus home for the past uh, 25 years. And uh, I'm a proud uh, University of Dayton flyer. Usually the question I get is, did you go to Ohio State? And uh, I am a Buckeyes fan, but I did not go to Ohio State. I went to Dayton. And, um, you know, so I, I would say uh, maybe something else about me that is maybe unique. I don't know. I have four younger sisters. I'm the, I'm the oldest of five. And so I, I think that my, uh, my leadership path was uh, laid out ahead of me uh, from a very <laughs> early age, if you will. Yeah. yeah, there's something to be said for birth order, for sure. But I agree with you. Um, yeah. outside, of my, uh, outside of my professional uh, work life, and we'll probably get into that a little bit um, yeah. with my sales career progression, but I am uh, very passionate about uh, women in leadership and girls in leadership. So I am the chair of the board of directors for my local Girl Scout Council. And um, I think maybe one something else about me personally that kind of drives who I am is I played a lot of sports as a kid yeah. growing up. 
So, uh, so those are maybe just a few little personal personal things about me, and we can nice. keep digging in a little bit further. Yeah, what sports did you play? So when I was a kid, this is probably like, you know, fourth, fifth grade. I did, I played basketball. I played softball. I played any sport that I could, could get into. Um, those are, those are my primary sports. I also did uh, cross country and track as a kid. Um, my husband and I were just talking yesterday that, uh, this is a bunch of years ago, probably a decade plus now I was invited to be a part of a golf tournament for a leadership event. I had never played golf before. And so I'm panicking because I have to play golf with all of these uh, leadership executives at my company, sales leadership executives. So what I ended up doing was I, I hired somebody to teach me how to play. I took golf lessons, bought myself a set of clubs, and my, and my whole goal was just to uh, not make a fool out of myself in front of all of these executives. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. So, so, you, so I'm, I'm a terrible beginner golfer, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you on that golf and anything with a racket. I struggle with too. And, um, but I, I don't know about you. What do you, what do you like most about sports and stuff? You know, I, I love, and maybe this also feeds into sales. I love the, both the team aspect of sports and the individual performance aspect of, of sports. I think that's what the why I gravitated toward a lot of team sports was I, I loved being a part of a team. I loved like having a role on the team. And I loved, yeah. I loved the practice and I, yeah. I loved winning. Like I just loved everything about it. It fueled yeah. my competitive, my competitive spirit for sure. Yeah, I agree. And, and so that is a perfect, perfect segue into tell us a little bit about your career journey as well. Yes. So, so besides my scratch golfing uh, journey, <laughs> I, um, so as far as sales is concerned, I got my first experience in sales when uh, really probably when I was in high school and college, I had a couple of summer jobs. One was at a tech company and one interestingly enough was at a real estate firm. So I, I, this is before like Zillow and all of that stuff. I answered phones for a real estate firm. Yeah. So I think those are kind of my early experiences in both entrepreneurship and sales. And I, I didn't realize it at that time, but those were, I think, experiences that helped me maybe find my first uh, job coming out of uh, college. So I really didn't have anything specific you know, I didn't, I kind of fell into sales. I think now you have sales degrees at universities and, and like people can take that path. But I landed my first job out of college. It was an inside sales job and yeah. it was for an IBM uh, reseller. So I did inside sales. I'm selling all kinds of PC technology. And uh, after that, my, my career kind of took some interesting transitions. I stayed in technology for the first 10 years of my career, and I uh, did some work as an IT consultant, which was an early experience and what I didn't want to do with the rest of, of yeah. my career. <laughs> Great learning, but not something I wanted to continue on. Yeah. And then I had the opportunity to get back into sales from that. I got my, my first, uh, my, my first uh, adult job, if you will, uh, at IBM. And uh, what I feel like is my first adult sales job. Yeah. And so that was really kind of the springboard to where I am today. I worked at IBM and then also for Lenovo uh, for okay. the first part of my career. And uh, I, had, I had a variety of jobs. They were all client facing, uh, quota carrying. And, uh, and I did that for about seven years. And then about 15 years ago, I took a big pivot 
into entrepreneurship, started my own firm. And uh, it's a blend of learning and development, uh, sales. It's taken a lot of twists and turns uh, over the years, but what it looks like today is I get the opportunity to work with uh, CEOs, with sales leaders, mostly in mid-market sized organizations, I'd say. And the industries run the gamut, but they are all looking to improve and grow. So I get to work with those CEOs and sales leaders and their sales teams on yeah. anything from strategy to skill development. So yeah. that's that's a little bit of my pre- my career progression and, and where, where it's taken me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's amazing and, and so good. And so with all of that, as you're kind of going through that journey, what have you really discovered that you love about sales? Yeah, so um, I would say there's there's a few things. I would say the first has been the interesting um, the interesting journey of different types of sales. So I've had the opportunity to do um, large enterprise uh, sales, like really big complex deals. I've had the opportunity to do um, entrepreneurial selling. So yeah. working for my working for my own firm, bootstrapping it, every part of the sales process, yeah. right? Um, and then also interestingly enough, the professional services sales. So different types of sales. Professional services is one I spend a lot of time on. Solution selling. So I think um, that's one of my, kind of my aha moments is just having that well-rounded type of experience. I think helps me give my clients some good, uh, interesting perspectives. Um, I would say the other thing was that I learned was that I loved sales early on. I was yeah. really excited to be in a client-facing sales role. Yeah. Um, and then I would, the last thing I would say, probably like another like learning aha moment was I had the opportunity early in my career to shadow successful people, successful yeah. people on my team, successful people on, on other teams, uh, specifically within IBM. I would, that really helped me a lot to be around those successful people and what did they do and modeling the things that they did to help me be successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and through this amazing journey, what are some things you see within the sales professional, whether internally or some of those perceptions that maybe you would like to see changed? Yeah, I was thinking about this question and um I would say there's probably two that I could dive into. I would say first is maybe more of a general stereotype of the reputation of sales. Um, Sometimes sales has a a negative connotation that it is supposed to be pushy and aggressive and manipulative. Um, I really try to uh, fight that uh, stereotype. And I think these types of conversations and other other podcasts that I know you and I have the opportunity to be a part of help with that. But I would say that's one, one negative I would love to see continue to change. And maybe the other thing is um, what I call incentivizing bad behavior. Yes. <laughs> too, too, ma- too many, too many oh. organizations, maybe unintentionally, um, they incentivize bad behavior and unintended consequences, which yeah. hurts their teams. It hurts their customers. It hurts their organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Hundred percent, right? Um, and so, Amy, tell us a little bit about what kind of what you're doing now. Um, and I, I love what you do. I think it's so amazing. And some of those two to three aha moments throughout your career that kind of helped shape the journey to where you are now. Yeah. So I think maybe where I could take start the story was about six going on seven years ago. 
So when, when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I started a, a firm that did um, custom training, design, and development, not, not specific to sales. So it, it could really run the gamut. And I worked with, I'm fortunate enough to work with a lot of great, big, well-known companies. And I, it absolutely gave me my start. But I would say probably like 2015-ish, somewhere in there, I was just feeling really burned out. I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I was not, you know, and I would say that the results in my business reflected that. Mm -hmm. And um, I probably, for lack of a better word, I was burned out. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do. And I was kind of at this turning point where it's like, well, you know, I, I probably have one of two paths I could go down. I could, you know, I could close the business and go get a sales job. Right. So, which, you know, there were some days where it's like, that's easier than running 100%. your own show. Right. 100%. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So that, that was one path. And I had started to explore that path. I had had some conversations with people in my network, executives, um, you know, other peers that I trusted. And as I was kind of doing some soul searching on that, I just realized, you know, I did not want to, I didn't want to give up on being an entrepreneur. I loved it too much. And just, and it was like, well, if I'm not going to go down the path of getting a sales role, my other option is to re like to kind of reimagine my business and turn it into what I wanted to turn it into and, and kind of turn, turn the burnout sort of into fuel to, to re recreate. So, you know, I, you know, taking a little bit of time off and thinking about, all right, what would I like the business to be? Um, yes. it's, and I don't know about you, but, or anybody else listening, but do you ever make a decision and you're like, I want this decision to come to pass like by tomorrow, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Not, hurry up, hurry up. It's not happening yep. fast enough. Um, so this is an evolution. So for anybody who's listening or watching that is maybe going through something similar, you're trying to figure out what's next. This yeah. took me, you know, just in all transparency, this took me a few years, right? 100%. Yep. So, and when I made that decision to say, all right, I'm going to stay an entrepreneur. What do I want to do? I just realized I, how much I loved sales and being in the profession of sales, how much I love um, skill developments and yeah. working with sales leaders and CEOs and sales teams, speaking at conferences. So it's like, yeah. well, why am I not doing more of that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so over the past four or five years, uh, what that has looked like is has been slowly changing the business. And what it looks like today is I, I pretty much work in three categories. Um, so I work primarily with mid-market uh, organizations across a variety of industries, but primarily professional services and technology. I have a few other fun outliers in manufacturing and aviation, which have been pretty cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's fun. I, I, it's never, it, every day is different. So yeah. Yeah. what, yeah, so what it looks like today is I work um, on sales strategy, uh, skill development, and then uh, speaking at conferences. And, you know, going through kind of that burnout phase and going through, you know, that kind of adversity, if you will, and then figuring out, all right, what am I really passionate about? And then it's kind of, it's one foot in front of the other, right? You have to maybe call out some clients. You have to change some of the things that you're doing, but to be able to, to make that happen and make that change, you know, fast forward five or six years has been really exciting. And I love what I do. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. And I think it's interesting that you are so open and I agree with you on 
just the man, it's certainly hard to run your own show. And there are days where you're like, man, it's, it is significantly easier to get up and step into a system that's already built for you than it is to create your own. No question. Yes. And I think all of us who are entrepreneurs have been there where you're like, holy cow, this would, you know, you start making the mental pro and con list, right? At the end of the day. So it's uh, it's definitely a, a journey, and I, and and thank you too for calling out that it's not overnight, right? And I think we all make that mistake, whether we're an entrepreneur on a journey or we're investigating something or whatever, right? It's nothing good or bad happens overnight. There's always a progression, there's always a journey, and there's always an evolution. And we forget sometimes that we can't talk our way out of things we behaved our way into. And then to your point, as you or whoever is adjusting a business or a set of behaviors or a mindset, it those things take time and effort and energy, right? To develop a new muscle memory. Can you elaborate or talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So um, in one of the things I invested on early in my career, um, besides, you know, shadowing successful people was um, hiring coaches. So I've always, you know, had pretty much at almost any point in time of my personal and professional life, some type of coach or advisor to, to guide me along the way. And um, I had one coach share share with me something that, you know, I, tr- I try to keep in mind, especially going through like big change is um, you have to think about, you have to make decisions from where you want to be versus where you are today. Mm. And I found that advice to be very helpful, especially when I was kind of evolving the business. Um, Would I take a client for a certain type of project or initiative that maybe wasn't quite the right fit of where I wanted to be in the future? And it's much easier to talk about than it is to do to say, no, I'm not going to take this thing over here. I'm going to focus over here. Mm. Um, I would say probably the same thing was very true in writing my book and writing The Modern Seller. Um, That uh, I hired a coach to help me write that book and to keep me accountable. And my coach also happened to work for the publisher that I was working with. Oh, nice. So it was awesome. It just, it just worked out beautifully. But um, I'll tell you what, I never showed up to a coaching call with him without, you know, a page or five or 10 pages or some type of progress on my book. And that really helped me push that book over the finish line. If I didn't have that, and I just know that about myself, uh, we wouldn't be talking about the fact that I have a book out there. So, so those are probably just some of the things that I've learned from that, that whole journey. Yeah. And again, so well said, I think coaches, whatever, in whatever way, shape, fashion, or form that takes or looks like, I love the word, the accountability partner. I think sometimes accountability and micromanaging get intertwined in the wrong way. And it's one of those things where it's like, hey, why are you micromanaging me? And it's in micromanaging me. And it's like, I'm not. You said you were going to do X. Did you do it? That's accountability. That's not micromanaging. Micromanaging is getting down into the here, let me show you how you should have done this. You know, it's more of a how in my mind than it is accountability. And I think the other thing I heard you say too was a high level of self-awareness that says, here's what I need to kind of keep me on track and stuff. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? And so I, the, the, and the self-awareness um, to talk about it and say, hey, if I'm going to do this, I know I need somebody to be my accountability partner. Yeah. 
just me. I want to do it. It's fine. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, <laughs> and that that whole piece of accountability, you know, thinking about our like maybe some sales leaders, sales leaders, if you're watching or listening, or even individual contributors, um, sales leaders creating a high performance culture in their organization. Um, the accountability piece of it is is so important. I say self accountability with individual contributors, and then the leadership accountability on the part of like a first line sales leader with with their teams. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on on so much of that. Right? How many times have we heard or been the person that says, "Hey, manager person, you asked me for X, Y, and Z project or report or you know to take this initiative," and then all of a sudden it's never talked about again. And that's not okay. Or maybe as, as, as the dutiful employee, I'll bring it up and, and all of a sudden it's not a priority anymore. Yeah. And so it's, there's nothing that just erodes morale as much as disinterest. Yeah. And uh, I, I think about sales leaders, the, the first, the first line sales leader, I think yeah. maybe, maybe it's another universal sales truth that that might be the hardest job in sales. <laughs> Is being a first line sales manager, I uh, I think when I think about my career trajectory and the managers that I've had the opportunities to work for, I always performed my best when I had just a really strong first line sales leader, and I don't think I had enough appreciation for it at the time, just how hard of a job it is. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, right? You've got the pressure from above and everybody's mushing for numbers. And I always say you mush dogs and not people, right? And then you've got the the bottom up, you know, from a manager perspective, it's how do you coach and maintain and keep people uh, in a good mindset and work ethic and things of that nature too, right? So there's, there's it's definitely a tightrope. I've that. never heard that phrase mushing for sales, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> or message for a number, right? Especially if you're a SaaS company or whatever, right? Everybody yeah. has a company number. And it's like, let's 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 be really mindful of what we're doing here and uh, be proactive instead of reactive and try to make your number midway through the month. And how are we coaching our teams? And if you're not the sales leader to do that, then to your point, let's be aware of it. And I talked with and 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 put that piece of the pie in place to shore it up so we're not burning people out. Yeah. Um, and I talked with a colleague of mine and he uh, became a VP or director of revenue optimization, which is he was the sales team's coach. Okay. Yeah. And I love that phrase. Yeah. Go ahead. Sales team's coach. And I think, uh, I think I, 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 I love what I like about that is that's something I try to be for my clients, but I never heard it phrased that way. I really like that. Yeah, I thought that was good. And so as I know you, we've called out two universal sales. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. Any more top of mind for today? Yeah, I was when I was thinking about that question of like, what's the one universal sales truth? I would say for myself, it's a little bit of a twofer. Okay. And so I would say that um, mindset drives success is an absolute universal sales truth. And you have to constantly challenge your mindset. Um, I um, if you, I don't know if you've ever done a strengths finders uh, assessment, um, but, but one of my top five is um, being a lifelong learner. I'm always really curious and wanting to dig into things and, and learn new things, which you know has has its pros and its cons, right? But um, I would say the one pro of that type of approach is 
always fo- being focused on mindset and, and how, how can I maybe challenge or reimagine my mindset? So I'd say that's maybe, that's a twofer on a uh, universal, universal sales truth. Yeah, I agree with you. Mindset and attitude make up quite a bit of, of our luck, if you will, right? We yes. can make our own for sure. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you had mentioned with what you do and, and kind of the coaching and the training and the speaking and talking about skill set development. I, I'm sure you get this question too, uh, quite frequently, as do I right now. You know, what group of skills, is there an overarching um skill set section or part of the toolbox that you're seeing in high demand right now and which one are those and then um just maybe some quick thoughts on how to how to hone those skills yeah if i were to pick maybe two categories where i'm having a lot of conversations right now uh one is on the topic of agility yeah and the second is on the topic of what i would maybe consider to be more like um advisory mindsets or advisory type of conversations, Um, both of which, in my opinion, require higher level awareness and and higher level skill sets, really, um, whether you're building them in yourself or maybe you're a sales leader and you're you're needing to build those uh, in your teams, Um, especially on that advisory piece of it. No matter what you sell, unless you're selling something just highly, highly transactional, most people are selling something that has a value component to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it might run the gamut, but you know, all the way up to really complex solutions. Right. You have to be able to have high level, business level, challenging types of conversations. If you can't do that, it's going to be a real struggle to differentiate yourself, kind of stand out uh, because our, our clients and our prospective clients, have they have so much choice. And, and not only choice of ways to go, but or like just choice of products and services, but also uh, the choice of the status quo and just kind of sticking with how, how things are. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, th- those are just some thoughts on what, what I'm seeing and the conversations I'm having. Yeah, I agree with you. I think sometimes we forget that doing nothing is a choice and we don't always ask that question. Yeah. So and 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 press into that as well. I I couldn't agree more with you, Amy. Um so what is the best way for people to get a copy of your book? The best way to get a copy of the book, you can just jump out to Amazon. So uh, the modern seller is available in a physical copy, uh, Audible and Kindle. Nice. Very good. And if folks wanted to get in touch with you, Amy, what is the best way to do that? I would say two places. First, you can go to uh, amyfranco.com or uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Also, Amy Franco. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Any parting words of wisdom or things that we should know or do or think about before we Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that too. And, you know, I would say a lot of the things that we've talked about, maybe all of it, um, while it's sales oriented and, you know, some of it's strategical, some of it's tactical, um, I would say it all falls under the category of being a really strong self leader, uh, whether you're an individual contributor um, or you are a sales leader who has a team of people. So just asking ourselves, each of us, how can I really show up today and be a leader, uh, not only in my sales profession, uh, but also in my personal life too. So I think those are, those are maybe some parting, parting ideas for, for people to think on. 
Yeah, I, I think that's such a good one. And, and so sometimes we don't always give ourselves the time for retrospective or thinking, right? And putting a plan in place for sure. Well, thank you again, Amy, so much for being here. We're so grateful. Um, and again, everybody connect with Amy on LinkedIn. You can go to amyfranco.com and walk it out. The Universal Sales Truths podcast. Please remember to just to subscribe so you can get the updates for the next ones. And we are so happy you are all here and we wish you a ton of success, both in sales and in life. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Universal Sales Truth podcast. Uh, please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast so you're notified of updates. You can also find this content on the Inside Sales by Design YouTube channel. Uh, so make sure you take a look at that. It'll also be in the salesclass.ai platform for you and your teams. And please make sure to reach out and connect with myself and the speaker you heard today individually. We look forward to seeing you again soon. And contact us if there's anything you specifically want to hear or know about. Thank you so much and enjoy your day.